0: There is still plenty of new news that's hitting the markets. The omnibus spending bill, hey, it went on vacation with President Biden. EPA has released a not-so-final WOTUS rule. And let's talk about what March 2022 is going to leave in your memory banks and some predictions for the year ahead.
1: Live
0: from the final
2: full frontal Friday of 2022 Wait, via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk this morning. It's our Friday for reefer for Her, panelists Jim Wiesmeyer and Sean Haney, and yours truly standing by as always, I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson, and now, welcome the host of AgraTalk Chip
0: Flory. All right, Davis Michelson, here we are, man. The the final AM show, the final free for all of two thousand twenty two, it it barely seems possible.
2: Twenty twenty two, we barely knew thee, and now well, it's almost gone.
0: Well, it, okay, there was there was a lot of complexity to two thousand twenty two. We need to remember that. Kind of hard to get to know two thousand twenty two,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, because
0: yeah. of all of that, all that very, that went on this year.
2: A very chaste year you might say
0: yeah you know? what with the supply chain disruptions in 2020 uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. they were they mm-hmm. were here um yeah. drought Dr- yeah, yeah yeah there's a drought yeah um these like record low river levels on the mississippi yeah uh-huh, that. uh-huh. That. that's kind of still with us that's right mm-hmm. oh hey you yeah ukraine was invaded in 2022 Uh oh that's right i remember hearing
2: something about that yes right
0: Right. weird yeah there there are uh history book entries Uh that came from 2022 that i think uh are uh, that, that that are very important and and uh will help to how we dealt with them in 2022 is going to help us figure out how to deal with major issues in the years ahead. I don't think there's any question about that. We learned a lot. We learned a lot about tackling challenges in 2022 and, and how yeah. we take those lessons learned and, and, and move them forward into the years ahead, I think are going to be critical.
2: Well, and I think probably if we're, if we're looking at the, the cyclical nature of our existence, Chip 23 is probably going to be quiet not much going on you know like a lot of slow news days where you and i just sort of yammer through the news segments because there's nothing to talk about nothing to report on you know maybe maybe yeah yeah no no No. doesn't work that way no
0: no No. Mm. i uh I, i don't think that's going to be the case there are some major things that need to happen if we are going to slow down the news cycle and i just don't know if Russia is going to be ready to leave Ukraine. I don't know if China is going to be willing to back off of its one China uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, all the speculation that some aggression on Taiwan is going to happen. I don't know if we're going to get the energy issues all figured out. I don't know if ESG is going to go away. I don't.
2: Here's the thing. a
0: lot of things.
2: If I'm reading between the lines, what mm-hmm. you're saying is our beloved listeners would – Do well to stay tuned into 2023 for all the details and And participate.
0: Yes, and participate. So you know. And that's one thing that I want to talk about at some point today is is, and and I don't know if we're going to talk about it this morning or if it's going to wait until this afternoon show, Davis. But you know, ways to help you figure out what to believe.
2: Okay, isn't that weird
0: that we need to do that? Yeah. Yeah. but but we do we need to figure out what do you believe that you are hearing what do you believe that wow. you are reading what do you believe and Dude. it's gonna take some effort on the part of everybody out there to figure it out but
2: I've, there I've is got a, way a suggestion to do it. I've got yes? a suggestion I don't know I yes. don't know I don't look at the notes I don't read the emails I don't know who we've got for this <laughs> afternoon Joe yeah. bump them bump them here's what's gonna happen we're gonna go flip chory <laughs> We're going to go flip-chory. You uh, market rally OGs might recognize the flip-chory concept. Chip, you're going to be my guest today, and here's what okay. I'm going to do. I'm just going to make you talk. I'm just going to fire right. you up, open the chute, and we're going to see what comes out. What do you say?
0: You in? Big Apple Joe Stackler, uh, go ahead and send the telegram to St. Croix and tell Mr. <laughs> Biden that uh, he is he is no longer needed. His services are no longer needed for this afternoon. We've got, we've got a different conversation ready to go here we are let's go let's get to the news wow uh,
2: we've, we've got a daily sale let's start there okay. One hundred eighty-six thousand metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for the 22 23 marketing year reported this morning chip
0: holy soybean meal batman i know that was a bean sale but yeah. bean meal is off and running and pulling soybeans along with it this morning
2: Well, uh, in today's news, the Environmental Protection Agency today issued a new rule defining waters of the United States under the Clean Water Act. The measure maintains longstanding exemptions for farming activities, but trims an exclusion for prior converted cropland that had been in the Trump administration's navigable waters protection rule. Chip?
0: Yeah, commodity groups are starting to react to this. Wiesmeyer's got the take that that we all need to hear. Um, We'll get right to it when we get things started in the next segment.
2: Well, America's ethanol industry saw its production margins weaken late in 2022. MarketWatch says the ethanol industry outlook for 2023 will depend on multiple factors, including including renewable volume obligations, carbon capture projects, the future of small refinery exemptions, and fewer limits on yep. E15 sales.
0: Yep, yep. This is one of my 23 predictions that I want to talk about. I've already I've already submitted it for Farm Journal magazine, so I figure we can start talking about it now.
2: Well, Brazil will once again suspend its 20 percent ethanol import tariff. A suspension, Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper says the U.S. industry feared would expire in January.
3: And so we were pleasantly surprised when the Brazilian government announced that it's going to be extending the suspension of that tariff through the end of January 2023. So that gives us another month, gives us some breathing room to continue talking and it allows usda and our friends at usdr to keep working with the brazilian government to try and find a permanent resolution
2: so they've got a month to work this out feared it would expire in january they have one more month
0: yep and if we see the crude oil market to continue to trade around 80 bucks it'll be a whole lot easier to get that extension
2: well, also on January 1, 2023, fuel tax increases will take effect in Illinois, Michigan, and Nebraska. In other fuel news, for the weekend of December 26th, the U.S. average diesel fuel price fell 5.9 cents from the previous week to an average of uh, $4.53 per gallon, 92.2 cents above the same week last year. But Chip, yep. since November 7, the diesel price has fallen almost 80 cents per gallon.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it, it gained a buck eighty and lost seventy. Right. Or eighty. Hey, right. Come on.
2: Yeah. Well, reports speculate this weekend will witness the first delivery of Chevron upgraded Venezuelan crude toward a U.S. refinery after a recent White House waiver. Apparently Venezuelan crude is cleaner and better for the planet. The U.S. Treasury Department <laughs> signaled some imported cars will qualify for electric vehicle tax credits and under the Inflation Reduction Act. A move that could ease Asian and European allies' concerns about the sweeping climate legislation. A group of businesses and restaurant trade groups sued Thursday to stop California from implementing new labor laws for fast food workers in Southwest Airlines aims to resume its full flying schedule today,
0: Chip. <laughs> if they pull that off after <laughs> what they've been going through Southwest, yes. uh, yeah, that'll be impressive. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Davis, stick around. Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst, and Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, will be joining us next on the free-for-all.
1: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about full scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check
4: registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm to see if you're eligible. Our name says it all. Agritalk.
2: What more do you need to know?
0: Yeah, that music doesn't fit my mode right now. Let's just nope. go ahead and take it down because it's time to get going on the free-for-all right here on AgriTalk. On my island, there's an oldie but a goodie. Start to pay Love it. Love it. Thank there. you very much. Is that fire Davis you up, a Yeah. Yes, yeah. it we does. Have... Yes, it does. Let's start bringing the guys in. I'm going to start with Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio Mr. Haney, here we are—the final free for all of the year. Welcome! Oh
5: man, time flies when you're having fun, Chip. Tell you what, it? it's uh, its hard to believe the year—it's it, already like over. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, it, hey, it hey have you been have you been enjoying have you been enjoying bowl season?
0: I was just going to mention. I was just going to mention that, I, and I should have started with this. Uh, you know, U.S. college football bowl game super fan. Sean Haney
5: <laughs> yeah, still waiting <laughs> for ESPN to call when they need someone yeah. to fill in for Reese Davis, but and uh, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I am enjoying it. I almost sent you a text last night saying, can you believe what's going on in some of these games? It's crazy.
5: Yeah, it's been a good run for the pac 12, you know, Washington yes. won last night against Texas, uh, Oregon won a great game. So uh, yeah, it has w- not w- been I, a good w- run
0: for the big 12. Well, or the SEC, yeah. for that matter.
5: No, and well, and of course, we got the playoff here coming up on yep. uh, Saturday tomorrow, yep. and uh, I, I'm sure there's lots of AgriTalk Talk listeners that made their trip uh, to New Orleans to see K State versus Alabama. That's going to be interesting because yep. some of Alabama's big players are actually going to play. So, yeah, fun, yeah. fun times. It's a great time of year.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, uh, there's there's good <clears throat> games all around. I, what is it? Iowa, Kentucky. That'll be a good yes, game.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It'd be good. Yeah. No, it's yep. this is uh it's a great time of year. I, I enjoy yep. bowl season. People are down on it. They just want to focus on the playoff, but I, I love it. I, right. I, I could watch anything. Oh, yeah. It,
0: it, teams are willing to pull out any new trick, any new play, any new whatever, just because they can. And so, yeah, it makes it a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Jim Weismeyer, pro farmer policy analyst. How are you, Jim?
3: Okay. I noticed Davis did not uh, put in as key events in 2022
0: my uh sore knee well you know i was gonna mention it i was gonna mention it that that that's one of the things that i think we're all gonna remember i hope that gets fixed for you here pretty (laughs) doggone (laughs) quick you You know for for your sake and so that we don't have to hear about it anymore
3: absolutely
0: right right (laughs) all right wiesmeyer tell us about uh the the wotus quote-unquote final rule
3: you know, Sean in our emails call it a kaleidoscope of different definitions, and I think that hit the nail <clears throat> on the head. Let's go bottom line, Chip. <clears throat> okay. This really takes us back to a place prior to 2015 under yep. the Clean Water Act. So it's just an interim measure, and it won't even take effect until 60 days after it's published in the Federal Register. Now, I asked some Aggies to comment, and one source said, It exceeds the plurality opinion in a previous Supreme Court case. It doesn't provide sufficient legal clarity as to what falls under a regulation and what does not. And this, too, would be the majority opinion in this upcoming Supreme Court ruling, probably in June, if Justice Roberts, the judge, shows up rather than Justice Roberts, the politician. How about that for a quote?
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's going to
3: depend maybe on Roberts there. But, uh, uh, you know, your bottom line, the, the, it's really going to be the Supreme Court that, that finalizes this yeah. one. And then EP, EPA saying, well, with their talks, with the, uh, looking at what the Supreme Court has been saying, they can modify it. But I, I, I want to see what the Supreme Court says. Well, and,
5: and yeah. when we get the final rule, how like is that final and bold in bold and capitals or is it like the final for the time being like how mm-hmm. how final is the final
3: well they haven't even released the coming new definition yet and you know how many months that will take for comments on that one mm-hmm. you see so uh, i think this will event the supreme court will eventually hopefully
0: settle this okay yeah and And when we when we say the Supreme Court, we're talking about the Sackett versus EPA. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, There, there's that will hopefully give us a clear definition of what ground, what water, what areas the uh, the 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 Clean Water Act covers.
3: Yeah, in that the court was asked to revisit that, you know, however you pronounce yeah. it, Raponis ruling, which resulted in two tests to establish when a wetland should receive that protection. But uh, the 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 but there, we need specificity, Chip, and the right. the court rules are are going to impact the scope of their jurisdiction in the Clean Water Act, no doubt about it. Uh, about it. So we're going to get the hopefully the final definition. Trying right. to have
5: enforcement at the ground level with so many changes and definitions and old, old, new, you know, yeah. it, it would be hard. Like, the, oh. like the, I, I just think of lack of enforcement when I hear about all this, because it's it's so confusing.
0: Yeah. And if anything is quote unquote enforced between now and the settlement of the, of the Sackett case, that's another one that's going to be headed straight to court. There's, oh, there's I, no absolutely. question. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um we've got a long ways to go before we know what the final rule on WOTUS is gonna be. That's the bottom line, isn't it, Jim? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well and okay. in some
2: ways does does this I don't know, maybe this is crazy talk, does this behoove maybe those who might want to take an a la carte approach to prosecution, to uh, to calling out problems with the I don't know, in infarctions, infractions with the water usage? Um, I mean, if there's no hard and fast rule, then there's no yeah. rules, and it's the Wild West, and oh, well, we're taking this case up rather than this case well, without really still, having to explain why. There,
0: there, There is still going to be the hoops to jump through and the paperwork to fill out. If you're going to do anything uh, that, that changes land use, you, the, the paperwork at the NRCS office is, is probably going to slow that process down some, I would
3: think. Mm-hmm. Or, or mm-hmm. Uh, a lawyer will.
0: Yeah, yep. Absolutely. So, mm. so it, it's an interesting yes. thought, Davis. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they will find ways to slow things down. Okay, uh, let's let's go to some other, you know, headline-making news that's happening right now. And, Davis, I, I, it was yeah. a year ago or more that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Y- you were having to put in the news every day. Well, the risk is that Russia is going to invade. Ukraine and then right. it happened in late February and we are still talking about attacks of Russia on Ukraine but these are taking on a different uh Target when you get right down to it I mean they're doing everything that they can to make it as miserable on the Ukrainian people as 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 uh as they can uh, taking out the power Absolutely. supply stations this is Jim this is a different direction isn't it
3: uh, yeah, because now uh, the discussion must return to at least the possibility that Putin could win.
1: You know think about so?
3: That one. I'm just saying the possibility.
2: Yeah. Well, um, yeah. what are the odds that Ukraine in a head-to-head battle with Russia could actually defeat Russia? It just it it seems so improbable. And now Russia's like, okay, we're going to get serious. And they're beginning to target. Well, they're not beginning, but they're targeting critical infrastructure within Ukraine. Um, it, it does feel like it's taken a turn.
0: Well, and and it yeah. feels like what they're doing right now doing right now is they're trying to soften resistance mm-hmm. from the Ukrainian people while the ground is frozen, so that yep. they can move more military equipment in. Is is you know?
2: That's it feels just like what
0: it looks like. Feels like well, it body shots
2: on. to open up the chin kind of a thing you know what i mean that's
5: that's a good way to put it i I think it whether or not russia can win or not really i think comes down to 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 two things one is questions about you know countries supporting ukraine like the us canada like you know in in terms of the money flow that that's an important component of this and maybe the most important component is the ukrainian spirit if the ukrainian spirit is broke well then yes uh, it's it's sort of a question of not if, but when, but up until this point, it, it seems like the Ukrainian people continue to have that spirit to defend their country. Um, although, you know, the, the, the targeting of this kind of critical, you know, not having power in the middle of winter, yeah. yep. that, that's going to test, that's going to test your resilience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jim, how do you define a win for Russia and and for president Putin? Um, because, as, as because much of it's not Eastern just a war corridor. against Ukraine, it's a war against the West. Uh,
3: yes, as much of the Eastern corridor down into the Crimea that he can get for a full access to the Crimea, that would be a major victory for Putin. Okay.
5: You know, I, I, it, I saw, but, we also had another oligarch fall out of a window this week. So
3: there's yeah, two <laughs> of them, two
0: of them, two really? of them. Okay. <laughs> As as you know, clumsy. I just—I just, I, I, I just get careful. back to uh, all the all the times that we've called it a proxy war, and <sighs> uh, and and when Putin said, "We don't have a border with Ukraine; we've got a border with America." So if they're going to win the war, if Putin's going to win the war, that means that they're going to have to defeat the USA. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. that's going to happen.
4: Nope.
1: time for markets now with the experts from pro farmer
2: i got chip flory for you chip i don't get it soybean okay. oil this week has been willing to follow crude oil to a degree crude oil higher soybean oil lower two bucks lower in the march meanwhile soybean meal ripping higher what's going on
0: spread unwinding it's gotta be what's going on getting out a long soybean oil short soybean meal spreads there's some of that in there plus we've got the Dry conditions in Argentina that might be bringing some export demand back to the U.S. I don't Ooh. know if mm-hmm. I'm gonna if I'm gonna rely too much on the idea that we've got a bunch of demand coming for uh, soybean meal from the U.S. But in the latest reporting period, what was it, December twenty second? Soybean meal sales two hundred sixty four thousand three hundred metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. So yeah there's there is some demand that is starting to show up for soybean meal and Mm -hmm. when you get the kind of a rally that we've seen like we have this week you got to wonder what's going on and and it's it's demand
2: double digit gains across the wheat complex and corn says meh whatever
0: yeah yeah and but wheat is backing away from the session highs and i think that has taken some of the enthusiasm for the earlier gains that we saw in the corn market but dude this is end of the year, end of the month position mm. evening is is what I see a whole lot of going on.
2: Fat cattle, feeder cattle lower, nearby lean hogs lower, but once again, as was the case yeah. yesterday, higher in the deferred lean hogs.
0: Yeah, they keep looking at those expectations for the market hog numbers into the summer months. It's keeping that July contract above 109 right now. Uh, there was some, uh, some higher cash trade happening in both the hog and the cattle markets yesterday. But we've got to finish up the year and, and even up positions.
2: Chip Flory for Markets Now. Stick around, everybody. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk.
0: Welcome back to the Free For All right here on Agritalk. Glad that you're with us. We've got Davis Michelson, Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney with us. Guys, I'm going to pose this question. We were just talking about, uh, you know, some of the issues that we're still dealing with in Russia. Are we set to deal with some of the same issues with China in 2023? I mean, is China preparing it with with some of the things that they're doing, Jim, for for global isolation. I mean, they starting starting uh, Sunday, they're, they've got a new company up and running that is going to be building grain reserves again.
3: Yeah, well, that's part of their half policy. Uh, they know they need the Western world for their economy, at least short-term, Chip. There's only so much they can grow short-term domestically. So I think you're going to see Xi Jinping, who has been weakened, as a result of the zero COVID policy, I think we're going to see two sides of him this year.
2: And I don't I don't know if separation is necessarily the aim, Jim. I, I would agree. China obviously needs the rest of the world until they can figure out how to, to grow corn and beans the way that we do. Uh, but they're they're talking domination. They put together the BRICS nations. There they're, they're was Saudi Arabia, this whole thing. I've been on this for like two weeks. It's freaking me out.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well, you but, are seeing alliances going on uh, yeah. around the world. You usually see that in in before a major world war. I'm not saying we're going into one, but some people are trying to uh, tell me that they see elements of, of World War Three.
5: Hmm. Well, I hope that's not your prediction for 23. Jeez, I'm not saying okay. it is,
3: no.
2: Well, Jim, <laughs> but we've seen some interesting moves in, in gold purchases with China yep. and Russia sort of being the suspected purchasers there. Does that... Has does that figure into to your non prediction of World War Three, there, buddy?
3: Well, eventually they want to back up whatever currency they can come up with to be a new world currency, so that yeah. wouldn't surprise me to, for them to purchase gold.
5: See, and I, and, right. I, and I'm not sure we've seen much change yet, like. It, China China's right. gonna China these the, they've been doing these things for a, a, a while I'm I'm not sure that we've seen maybe we're just more focused on it obviously we got the we got the Taiwan situation which you know if, if you talk to any geopolitical analyst you you did a survey you're, you're gonna get a pretty good split on what people think is going to happen there nobody really knows we had that really like I think there was a Chinese fighter jet within 20 yeah. feet. Of the yeah. yeah.
3: 20 feet. 20. That's feet. that's crazy.
5: Uh, it's That's candy. the kind of stuff that starts world war three is yeah, a, yeah. is some, and even if it is a misunderstanding or whatever happened, but I, I, I'm not sure if we've really actually seen China doing like they, they, they captured two Canadians two years ago, those guys. Right. And, and they, and they, and they kept them detained. Like, right. I'm not sure nothing, anything's changed yet. Well,
0: yeah. They know how yeah. to play the long game. They they certainly do, and they they know how to hold their cards close yep. to the vest when it comes to trade issues too, don't they, Haney?
5: Well, absolutely, and and I can't think of a country that believes less in rules based trade. You know, Canada had an atypical case of BSE last December. Uh, I think it was January seventh of this past of this year. Uh, China decided to no longer take uh, Canadian beef because of that case. The Philippines and South Korea did the same. But South Korea and the Philippines reversed their decision once they were happy with what the science said. China still has Canadian beef banned, which has been good for the U.S. because the U.S. has done a good job, I think, increasing uh, their sales to China this year by 10 million pounds per month, which is uh, good for the U.S. industry. But for Canada, you know, having to rely on Japan as a as a real Asian partner, so you know, China is just they are they are really hard to rely on when business is there. It's really good. It's like they're the Mm -hmm. best customer in the world because they buy lots, high volume. This is fantastic. Look at the growth of our exports. But when you have any sort of an issue, it's hard to get... It's basically when they decide to take the product again. There's no path to reconciliation on a lot of these trade skirmishes with them. And that's what is frustrating to countries that believe in rules-based trade.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, yesterday morning... Yesterday morning when I was uh, reading ProFarmers' first thing today, all of a sudden, I mean, it was like ticking off items that signaled economic deglobalization. Here's the headlines. More companies are shifting their supply chains away from China. New China Grain Reserves Company will begin operations in January. China to adjust trade tariffs on some goods. China moves to step up supervision of banks' custody business. World Gold Council, Davis, uh, reports central bank gold buying at highest rate since 1967. And I'm going to throw one in. Uh, There are states that are banning China's, you know, China-based TikTok. The social media platform, the, is that going to be a trend in the year ahead, guys? Are we moving away from a globalized economy? I, I'm
5: not sure. I believe in deglobalization to that extent, Chip. I think what we're seeing is just a a realignment of the flows, and and okay. as you know, Jim said about alliances, maybe more more reliance on friendly nations. Uh, I think Canada, Mexico, and the US would be well served to to do the same in terms of thinking as a North American economic pact. instead of yep. fighting each other all the time on on trade issues, think more collectively uh, sim- on, on certain things, similar to the EU. I'm not saying we should create an economic union. I'm just saying we should we need we need to be thinking more North American. Than then we do sometimes. I, I think we're just seeing why, why should we rely so much on where everything is coming from China? It would be OK yeah. to mix and sprinkle in a few other countries yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes
3: to supply chain. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just being I, more practical. Remember, I think it's very similar to when Japan had their nuclear energy yep. uh you know leakage and in the automobile industry we we relied on a lot of individual parts. Since that time, they've diffused them around the world.
0: Absolutely. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Okay, this one comes in from Tim. He wants to know how do we survive 33. 33 trillion dollars in debt with entitlement spending rising and i'll throw this one and with interest rates on the rise jim this is going to be a huge challenge that hopefully somebody will address it in yeah. the next two to two to four years
3: yes it's 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 an accident you're clearly waiting to happen and we can't grow our way out of this any anymore And you said it right. Uh, We're going to, and not to the distant future, we're going to spend more, the same or more, for just servicing the debt, which is more like $33 trillion now, than we do on defense. And uh, what kind of farm bill you get in that environment, et cetera. The bond market is is one to watch in the years ahead if they feel this town is uh, uh, out of it. Remember, this is money already spent. And yep. some of these arch Republicans next year are going to come back and try to politicize this debt argument, which would tell me again that they can't govern.
0: Right, right.
5: Where this okay. is where all the this is where all the fiscal hawks return to the nest.
3: Oh, oh you're seeing it already. Yes. Yeah. It's always convenient.
0: Yeah. You're not in power. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it will be. Uh, it will be a challenge in the year ahead. Uh, before we get to challenges in the year ahead, let's go ahead and get this started. We've got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Jim, 2022, what's going to leave the mark in your memory? Uh, this year? Yeah.
3: Oh, well, in, in agriculture, it was the inflation inputs, prices, et cetera. Uh, mm. but the, the other aspect would be the COVID in uh, China. You're seeing major implications, not only for their economy. What some people say, you have to go back to when they had double digits. That was their peak, and I think Xi Jinping is really nervous about that. Those are the two vivid things that that uh, I recall uh, initially. Okay, Haney. Uh, yeah, for
5: me, I, I think it's the beginning of you know pretty strong interest rate increases that I, I think really hasn't necessarily. Play fully played itself out yet as we don't really know what central banks will do as we head into 2023 and i, I think it's russia ukraine there was a yeah. lot of geopolitical analysts that did not believe that P- putin would move forward on that and he was just threatening it and obviously he called the bluff and it's not only costing ukraine a like, huge sacrifice in defending their country but it's also impacted the rest of us from a, a trade flow perspective and from a financial perspective the us providing money to ukraine, canada providing money to ukraine, it it, it has had a major impact on uh, what yeah. global alliances look like in the year ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Davis. What leaves a mark? $1600 in
2: hydrosammonia. Uh yeah. we struck that level late June of 22 and i have theorized that that is a price ceiling. Once we hit 1600, uh it bounces to the downside. I hope that's the case, uh, but I also think that maybe it's a, it's a scab that gets picked again in 23.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to throw a couple out there for us. I already mentioned it. I, I think, may have mentioned it once, but China was very quick to clear the phytosanitary issues for Brazilian corn imports. They, they put it off, they put it off, they put it off, they put it off, and then all of a sudden they decided that's important. Um, Was it drought in the Western Corn Belt that that caused that? Or was it a desire to move away from U.S. uh, as the primary supplier? I think they're going to continue to move in in that that direction. Soybean oil, from a market perspective, you know, soybean oil flexed its muscles big time in 2022. I'm going to remember that. Of course, the war in Ukraine. And then there's this one, the clear willingness of many, and I think way too many, to ignore the warning signs from around the world when it comes to living in an ESG world. I know that a lot of listeners are very concerned that the Climate Smart initiatives from USDA are moving U.S. Ag in the direction of mandated production practices with some of the results like we've seen in Sri Lanka and Denmark. We'll discuss more of that next, right here on the Free For All.
2: We don't make the news. We render it. Agritalk.
0: Welcome back. Uh, Let's get this free-for-all started up and headed into the final stretch. Jim Wiesmeyer, pro-farmer policy analyst. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Davis Michelson, the handsome newsman and landowner newsletter editor. Um, Any reaction to my final comments there at the end of the last segment, Jim? Which were? <laughs> the, on ESG, living in the ESG
3: world. Oh, I think the, the, what the Republican-controlled House legislatively in this area, you will not get anything through the upcoming new Congress on ESG.
2: And if dollars do the talking, we are seeing significant divestiture from ESG um, holdings companies. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking BlackRock in particular. It's it's been kind of a thing. But, Jim, as you mentioned, the Republicans, it's been Republican states that that are pulling out.
3: Yeah. Uh, yes. And, uh, Florida, mm-hmm. Texas. You know, those are the yep. biggies.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's it, it as I suggested, I mean, it's not just a U.S. issue. It is a global issue. And it's now an issue in Brazil, bigger than maybe it ever has been with the election of re-election of uh lula um uh, and they've just appointed a new vice governor uh or no no the new ag it's minister in yeah, yeah. yeah minister. in in brazil uh carlos favaro he is the former vice governor of brazil's biggest farm state and he says that uh well he has vowed to work to improve brazil's image abroad by transforming the south american nation quote into the world's most sustainable agricultural powerhouse," end quote. He said, "Combating illegal deforestation is paramount, as neglect for the environment can cause local farmers to lose clients in world markets." Yeah, he he might as well be. He sounds like the minister of
5: agriculture in Canada. I I was kind of. I had to do a bit of a reread that three times to make sure it was yeah. Brazil that was talking like that. The yeah. question is, do we do we believe them? But two, uh, the, the other part there is, you know, when they talk about uh, sustainability and losing clients around the world. You know, that, that's something the U.S. soybean industry should be paying attention to is when Brazil says, hey, our soybeans are more sustainable than American yes. soybeans. And China says, hey, we're going to buy Brazilian beans or more of them because they're more sustainable. Right. Like that kind of crap. That, that's the right. stuff we're going to see a lot play out going forward, not just well, in that's... 23 but beyond.
2: That's yep. the thing. Does does China really care about sustainability? I mean, based on how many no. coal plants they're they're building and projects they've got going, um, I I don't see what's the point if China's going to be their biggest uh, biggest purchaser.
5: Well, because yeah. but when when you don't believe in rules based trade and you just make up reasons to not take somebody's product, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that those are the things that you talk about. Like yep. you're thinking about it too rationally, Davis. Like <laughs> like for someone with common
0: sense. That's unlike yeah. me, by the way. It's unlike <laughs> me. <laughs> Turning over a new
2: leaf for twenty
0: three.
2: Excellent. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Um, I started with Wiesmeyer on the predictions and or er, on the the twenty two memories and ended with Davis. I'll go to Davis first on a twenty three prediction. Uh, a twenty three prediction.
2: It just things are going to continue to be nutty. Is that a prediction? Uh, yeah. The the black swans will continue to fly. And <laughs> it's not a uh,
0: black swan. That's not a black <laughs> swan. No, no, that's that's. The loons that's...
2: will continue to congregate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So look uh, out. Circle the wagons, Haney. gang. Haney.
5: Yeah, I. Davis said that I thought of a one time. I saw a futurist at a conference, and he, <laughs> it, it, one of his five things to watch out for in the future, where we're going to see volatility.
0: I Did it get the oohs I, and the ahs from the audience, did it?
5: Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. you had the Birkenstocks yeah. and the ponytail to match. Uh okay. So anyway, uh I, I think <laughs> what we're gonna see is uh Russia and Ukraine still fighting at this time in in 2023. I, I just think okay. this is a uh, very much a war of attrition and uh I think we're not going to see the interest rate dips like some are predicting in the, the back half of 23. I think we're going to see pretty strong central banks
0: in, in, in the year ahead. Okay. All right. Jim, when you look at 23, what do you think?
3: Well, uh the ag committees have six months to get a new farm bill uh, for 2023. If they don't, uh, they they are big failures uh, because a lot of the sensitive issues were at least dealt with in the omnibus bill. So one is that's why I think we will have a bill now. Uh, number two, we'll know within sixty days if this upcoming new Congress has any bipartisan. Ship in them, and this would be the best chance to get a combined, uh, uh you know, protect the border better in return for some things that the Democrats want. We'll know that within the first 60 days. Uh, for initial tip-off hmm. will be if Kevin McCarthy is indeed the House Speaker. If he isn't, uh then again, you'd have to up the odds that the Republicans will not be able to govern, comma,
0: again, period. Right, right. Okay, good, good. Wait, well, my we first prediction, <laughs> my first prediction. I talked about it yesterday, <clears throat> yesterday afternoon a little bit. And it, boy, I tell you what, I'm going out on a limb on this one. But weather is going to be a major story because if it doesn't <laughs> fix the drought, how big of a story is that? Mm-hmm. If it does fix the drought, how big of a story is that? It, I mean, that's a this is a no brainer. That weather is is my early run in my early running for the Heisman in uh in 2023. Crush soybean crush. We're going to start to see the transition in this soybean market and the and the markets uh you know with uh, more and more processing here in the U.S. as the refiners stay invested in the soybean oil market. And this one. I think we're gonna begin another surge in ethanol production. I think that if we've got $100 crude and we set corn prices back into the five and a quarter, 550 range on a good crop, we are sticking $500 million into building up the infrastructure for E15. E15 is going to start to become the standard offering at 87 octane, not at 88 octane, but at 87 octane. And I think that's going to give us a surge in ethanol going forward. I'm looking forward to it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Sean Haney, thank you so much for being with us in 2022. Stick with us in 23, all right?
5: Oh, absolutely, Chip. Happy New Year to all the AgriTalk listeners.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Jim Wiesmeyer, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you just as much. Yep. That's uh, pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer, Real Agriculture's Sean Haney and Davis Michelson. It's me and Davis this afternoon.